Hey everybody, what's going on my people? It's another episode, another week, and it's a pretty good one guys. We have my good friend slash jiu-jitsu training partner, Eric Osorio. I think I'm saying that right. Anyway, he's an ex-marine who's been through some stuff, seen some shit. And obviously, I mean, you join the Marines, you're going to see him some shit. And now he's back at school. And the whole story from beginning before the Marines to the end, it's pretty interesting how he got through all of it. Now, you're going to realize Joe disappears like five or ten minutes into the episode. And unfortunately, he was sick as fuck. But... He said the show must go on, and we went on. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Alright? Peace. Who the fuck is this? Page of me at 546 in the morning. Crack a dawning. Now I'm yawning. Wipe the cold out my eye. See who's this page of me and why. It's my nigga Pop from the barber shop. Told me he was in the gambling spot and heard the intricate plot. A niggas wanna stick me like fly paper neighbor. Slow down, love, please chill, drop the paper. Remember them niggas from the hill up in Brownsville that you Joe is struggling right now. <sighs> so weird. Never happens to me. Alright. I haven't thrown up in like we always talk about me throwing up. Oh, I'm this is normal, actually. This is old school Joe. I didn't drink at all. You sure about that? I, I just thought you had a rough night, man. That's what it looked like. I know. No, I mean, it would have been really bad if it lasted till 7 o'clock and Damn. the next night. But You were just struggling through your appointment? Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I zoned out. You know, you just go somewhere else and then... After it was over, it was like adrenaline ran out. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got your car back. Yeah, I got it back Monday. Are you happy about that? Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I started walking more since I didn't have it. So I guess that was a plus. Right. I was walking all over the place. It's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a fact. That's it seems true. like he's just hanging on by a string right now. No, I'm good. If I keep my eyes closed, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> what, is the room spinning if you open them? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. It's going to be no. a rough one, huh? Nah, it's fine. I'm cool. Like Just, just so everyone knows, this is, how, this is how much Joe cares about the podcast. <laughs> we, of course. No, there's no reason to doing miss it. Doing the eyes closed. We have to post. Who knows what we're doing here? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, so let's introduce this guy. Got Eric Big E. How do you say your last name, dude? Osorio. Eric Osorio. Well, I guess I'll let you introduce yourself however you want. You can go into. Yeah, introduce yourself. So, I. (laughs) Thanks, Tolga. Great introduction. (laughs) All right. From. I train with the kid. I used to do. Well, until we both stopped, but I'm back. Kadoosh. But. (laughs) We both. I met him training at UFC Gym. And we met the first year I started. Because yep, we started not too far apart from each other. 
two years ago, almost two and a half years ago already. All right, so I started three years ago. Yeah. So whenever he came into the class, when I met him, and then we picked up and left with our team, and that's when we got close. Yeah. Is when we got out of the UFC gym. And then what I know about him outside of there is, I mean, you're a school kid now. I won't even say kid. You're a school Child. Kid. I'm old, man. You're a school guy now, and you're an ex... For, right? a former Marine. A former Marine. Yeah. And How old are you now? I'm 33. I just turned 33. Oh, you look good. Thank you. <laughs> See? Knees jiu-jitsu. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, so... I mean, what we usually do is the background story. So, lead up into the Marines. So, I, <clears throat> I, was, uh, I was... How did you get into that? I was born and raised in Queens. Uh, nice. Went what, to... What part? Main Street and Flushing. All right. I'm from Ozone Park. Oh, nice. Yeah. I got a couple of buddies that still live out there. Yeah, Howard Beach over there. Yeah, yeah. You, you had New Park Pizza ever? Yes. Of course. We'd always. Things. It's great. It's amazing. <laughs> Every time we'd go down, I was on park. That's where we'd go to eat. Queens people always bond over New Park, like food <laughs> and pizza. Uh, I went to Catholic Catholic school basically my whole life. Uh, got an opportunity. It's it's kind of weird how I ended up. Uh, I went to high school at St. Francis. And it's kind of okay. weird how that happened. Uh, I was originally um, supposed to go to Cardozo High School, and one of the parishioners at the church that my family goes to still goes to. Uh, Found out that I was going to attend public school, and she's like, "No, absolutely not." She's like, "I'm I'm going to pay for your tuition to go to really? to go to St. Francis." Wow. Yeah. So I went to prep for four years. I was there when September 11th happened. Okay. Oh. So <clears throat> we're coming in. You know, first period happens. The planes start to hit, and we're all yep. going into homeroom. And uh, my teacher turns on the news, and there it is. You know, two planes hitting the twin towers. So she's saying, she's sitting there telling us, oh, it's terrorism. I'm like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. What grade were you in? I was a senior. You were a senior. I was All a right. senior. I was a freshman. Yeah, so there, you know, there, there is, you know, the plane's hitting, and she's telling us, yo, it's a terrorist attack, it's a terrorist attack. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm stoned out of my mind. I'm like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. Some idiot just ran the planes into the tower. <laughs> you know, come to find out, you know, it was a terrorist attack, yeah. and, and it goes from there, man. You know, mm. I decided to join not, not – Shortly thereafter, okay, it was a pretty quick decision. So that's what got like made you want to join. Yeah, I mean, or is, I, is this something you wanted to do? No, uh, I, I I knew college wasn't for me at the time. Right. You know what I mean? And and my dad gave me the option. He's like, well, you you can't stick around here and be a bum all day. You got to do something with your life. So I, I pulled his bluff card. I was like, all right, I'll join the military. So he looks at me. He's like, okay, not a problem. We'll go to the recruiter. I'm like, nah, I got you. I'm, I'll beat you to it. So me and my best friend head down to the recruiting office and we take this little practice test that they give you. So originally the plan was to join the Air Force with my buddy. Okay. The, he comes back. His scores are amazing. He's in the Air Force. The Air Force recruiter looks at me. He's like, yeah, you not so much. He's like, I, I, can't, I can't mess with you. You got to go back and study for a couple months, come back and take the test. What are your scores? At? What kind of test is this? Uh, it's a basic math and language score, okay. a math and language test. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to study. Forget that. My dad's really, at this point, is really pushing me to join the Navy. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll see what the Navy has to offer. So I'm sitting there. This recruiter's sitting in her chair. She's huge, humongous. <laughs> she looks at me. She's like, nah, not you. 
absolutely not. I was like, what? You're not even going to attempt to pitch <laughs> me to join the, your branch of service? How She's, is this recruiting? Not you. Not yeah, you. Yeah, uh-uh. And I'm like, well, you know, tell me something. She's like, would you rather be in the classroom or outside? I was like, outside. She's like, absolutely not. The Navy's not the place for you. What the fuck? And that was the end of my recruiting for the Navy. What? I what? knew. Why? Why would she say that? You're going to be indoors? I she guess the Navy Navy training is a lot more in the classroom oh. from my understanding of what I experienced what if, afterwards. What if you wanted to do the SEALs? No, she said, absolutely not. This isn't the place for you. I mean, dude oh looked God. at me dead in my eye and said, no way. Just um, by your looking at you? Just by walking in. I mean, I walked into the office and she's like, nah. What? Not for you. Wow. I said, all right. So I'm standing outside, uh, and the way the, the recruiting office was set up, the Army's on one side, the Marines were on the other side, and I knew I did not want to join the Army. No offense to the Army guys. I just, uh, I just, just wasn't for me. So I get this small Vietnamese recruiter comes out, and he's like, hey, what are you, what are you doing in here? He's like, I'm thinking of joining. He's like, yeah, come, come talk to me. And that was the end, man. Yeah. He pitched me this, this fabulous dream of, uh, of you know, going to different places, experiencing these, all these cool things, and I was like, all right, man, sign me up. How is that? Uh, I, what's the what's the difference between all of them with um, like the hardest to get into? They say like the Marines is the hardest, right? So the Marines have oh, the the longest boot camp, yeah, and our physical standards are a lot higher than than the rest yeah. of the branches. It's not the SEALs though. I thought SEALs was the toughest. So the SEALs that's a special operations yeah. within a department, but just the basic. Um, boot camp and things like that is is the marines yeah you probably have to be in the navy at first and then yeah. you go to the seals yeah. absolutely right. you can't just go straight to the big leagues all right so so you talk to this what's what's the process of joining now so i joined at the time i was only 17 so i couldn't sign legally so he, the recruiter had to come and talk to my parents and at this time, my mom's crying. She's like, I can't believe you're going to do... Remind you, you know, September 11th just yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We still don't know what's going on. She's yeah, sitting September there. 11th happened, and the Navy's like, we don't want you to get out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my mom's sitting there crying. My dad's like, oh, you know, let, let's see what happens. You know, go take the test, see what kind of job you get, and, uh, and we'll go from there. So I sign up, but, uh, preliminary. I go and I take the ASVAP, and I come back, and they're like, the ASVAP's the, the test you, you literally need to determine what job you're going to get eventually. Okay. So she's like, uh, you know, the recruiter comes back. Hey, you scored high enough. We're going to put you as an aviation technician. Okay. That's Don't cool. know what it is. That sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds, sounds interesting. Sounds good, right? I'm like, I'm in, man. Something with sounds flying. like it's almost like the Air Force. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> let's do it, man. I'm, I'm in it. So uh, it comes back. My, my parents finally sign off on, on me joining. I go, uh, I had to spend a little bit of time because I needed to graduate high school first. I was still in. So I'm missing a lot of school at this time. I already knew... I was going into the Marine Corps. There was no college for me in sight. So what's the point of going to class? Right. Yeah. Absolutely not. So I get, um, I finally go back to school and the admissions, the, the, what's it called? The attendance people call me into the office. Dude, you, where, where have you been? I was like, oh, I'm down at MEPS. You know, I joined the Marine Corps. <laughs> the guy has a heart, a brother he has a heart attack. <laughs> what do you mean you joined the Marine Corps? This is ridiculous. This is. You know, you're throwing your life away. Calls my dad right away. What the fuck? My dad's an old school Hispanic. You know, yeah. you don't call him at work if mm -hmm. somebody's not dead. <laughs> he answers the phone. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? What did he do now? You know, type, type deal. And, you know, the brother tries to explain to my dad. Yeah, do you know where your son's been for the past, you know, 
three days? He's like, yeah, he's been with the Marine Corps recruiter. What's going on? Is he all right? Yeah, well, do, you know, how are you going to let him join the Marine Corps? This is absurd. He's, he's going to a prep school for college, not to go join, you know, go die in a war. What the mm. fuck? Dad's furious, you know. I know what my son's doing, you know. Unless he did something stupid at school, I don't want to hear it. Hangs up the phone. Wow. Go back to class. At this point, word gets out that I'm joining. I'm not going to be part of their 100% of the kids graduating going into college. And I remember one of my teachers, I walk into psychology class in particular, and he's sitting there, standing there, and he goes, you're going to be the first one to die out of your graduating class. What? And everybody's kind of looking at me like, what, what did you do? Right. I'm like, well, you, you know, whatever. What, what can I say to that? Yeah. So my experience leaving high school wasn't the greatest. So they're like, that was like hardcore religious, no? That's cruel. Like, that's mean. I mean, they didn't push religion on you. They didn't put push Catholicism on you, but they were definitely against me ruining their their score of that's their percentage of people going into that's fucked into up. college. Yeah. yeah. What about the person who paid for you? Did they give a fuck or no? Uh, no. She knew. She knew I was going to join, and and that was it. She was okay with it. She was perfectly yeah. fine as long that's as I was all that doing something. Then. That, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Fuck the school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't a didn't leave a good taste in my mouth after I left. So yeah. a lot of people were supportive. Uh, my homeroom teacher, i still in contact with her today. She would write me when I was overseas. She gave me a Bible right before I left. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, some of it was positive, but a lot it was a lot of negative feedback for, for it. All right, so you graduate high school, and you're going to the Marines. And then, so is it boot camp, or is it just... So... Because you're doing aviation engineering, so... So what they do is they take you... Do they uh, ever tell you what the fuck you're supposed to do? <laughs> this is this is how it works. It's it's great. So they originally they they come pick you up early in the morning, around like four o'clock, and they take you out to Brooklyn, the recruiting station, and they put you through a battery of physical tests, basically just a big physical to make sure you're able to go. So you sit down, and this is when you get your preliminary contract, and it's saying what your job is going to be when you get into the service if you graduate boot camp. Right. So the original title I had was avionics technician. Doesn't tell me what plane, doesn't tell me where I'm going, doesn't <laughs> tell me anything. At this point, you're just basically filling the needs of the Marine Corps at that time. So we get sequestered and we get taken to some hotel in Brooklyn. The next morning, you get put onto a plane and you get flown into South Carolina, into Paris Island. So we sit there and as soon as you get off the plane, man, you knew it was a bad idea. It was just like, man, what did I do? So we get to to the airport. We're off the plane. There's two uh, drill instructors there. They're not yelling at you yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, you know, hurry up. If you have anything in your pockets, go throw it out. This is the only things you're allowed to bring. The only thing you really need for boot camp is the clothes you wear. Everything mm. else they give you. They give you toothbrushes. Anything you need, they give you. What if you got your phone or something? Well, like, yeah, you could have, have your phone, right? Then. Yeah, what if they have your phone? You take, they take your phone at... What? At the beginning, yeah, man. Oh, fair enough. So it's still, it's still early. Uh, it gets later on in the night. It, they basically, you get into into North Carolina around ten o'clock. Then it's a bus ride. You get into this big coach. Is that morning? Or at night? night. At night, okay. So you get it. You get into. So they're, uh, they're going for the scare tactic. Here. Oh, hundred percent. Now looking at it, I'm like, <laughs> damn, dude, it works. Yeah, it's yeah. proven. We get onto this coach bus and we take a ride down onto actual Paris Island. Now, there's a bridge that you have to cross to actually get into, onto the depot, onto the recruit depot. 
And over the radio, you hear him calling, hey, careful, there's an alligator on, on the road. You know, be careful, the swamp is, is starting to leak over onto the bridge, onto the road, whatever. So we get there. And it's exactly what you see in the Marine Corps recruiting videos when the drill instructor comes up. He's like, you know, everybody look at me. You know, get off the bus quickly and safely as possible. Go stand on the yellow footprints. At this point in my mind, I'm like, damn, man, I, I can't. What did I do to myself? You yeah. Know? So we stand on the yellow footprints. And the first couple of days are still a blur, man, when, you, when I think about it. Uh, there was no sleep. You know, you're getting issued. Everybody's yelling at you to sign paperwork. They're, they want you to disclose. You're just signing your life away. Don't yell at me. Yeah, you're basically <laughs> just getting yelled at for a couple of, you know, it was a good like two days worth of just getting yelled at, Jeez. just getting blasted for no reason. And you don't know yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, what, like you can't just sit there and like read the paper. No, there was no reading, dude. It was <laughs> sign your life real quick. We now own you. Okay. Yeah, that's that's basically what it was. And they give you a bunch of classes and everything like that. So you get set up. That's and pretty crazy. Yeah, you get your uniform. They strip you down. Does anyone come with a lawyer? Be like, hold on, got uh, My lawyer needs to read these. No, there's there's some kids that that try to be slick. They're yeah. like, wait, you know, I kind of want to read the fine print, dude. Not flying. I can Sign imagine those kids get their ass beat oh, afterwards. And you know who they yeah. are when you get yeah, exactly. into, into a platoon, man. It's it's insane. Like, like you, all right, read it. I'll remember this. Yeah. And that's exact. <laughs> any kind of little incident that you do or any kind of wave that you make at the beginning, they tell your drill instructors. Yeah. And you pay for it for the next three months, man. So once once that process is done, they strip you of everything. You get new underwear, new T-shirts. You get your uniform. And three days go by to allow your body to start getting used to the, the South Carolina weather. Then they have something called pickup. It's when your drill instructors actually come in and and take you, take over. They take over your training. And that first day, I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. It was nothing but yelling and spit and running around, you know, trying to get used to whatever they're saying. And you don't understand what they call you names or they call you whatever they want to call you, man. <laughs> Wait, curse. what's the weather like? Is it hot, humid, it's, just fucking shitty? 100% humidity, man, <laughs> at 98 degrees. I do this in the middle of summer, I'm guessing. It, I did it at the end of August, which is supposed to be the That's good the, time. Is it? Yeah. I feel like it's fucking hot as balls in August. You got to remember, you're there for three weeks. Yeah. So towards the end, it cools off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have 10 days. They can't mess with you for 10 days because your body still has to get used to that heat, that climate. Mm. Dude, people quit in those 10 days? <clears throat> there is no quitting, man. Really? Once you're just you're, done? Once you're there, you're there. So you're there. That's it. You can't even leave even if you want to. No. Holy no. shit. You're I did a not person. know that. No. You could just walk out. <laughs> no. What, if you what are they going to do? You signed the contract, man. <laughs> what As you're getting mean? yelled at, you're signing your life yeah. away. So we had one kid that made it out. And the way he made it out was he, he, cons- his hand off. <laughs> he continuously peed the bed. Or that. Uh. Peed the bed every night that we were there. So they finally, finally, we get some rest time. They get, they go, listen, you guys get some rest. Tomorrow starts training. And we're like, all right. I look at the clock. Wait, what are you doing for the 10 days? You're just chilling? No, for the 10 days, they're teaching you how to talk. They're teaching you how to walk. They're teaching you how to respond, how to eat, okay. how to make your bed. Basic, real, real basic on how to be a Marine. All right. I remember we go to bed on the first night and it's 430 in the afternoon. They put us to bed at 4.30. That's ridiculous. The sun's blazing in the windows, and I'm laying on my bed thinking, you know, dude, I don't, I don't need this shit. <laughs> you know, I graduated from a good school. I, you know, I, I could have gone to college. <laughs> what was I thinking? What was I thinking, <laughs> I you know? I don't need this shit. 
but it ended up being a great experience, man. It, it did thing. I did things that I never thought I could do. Uh, I'm, I was really afraid of heights at the time, but here I am, you know, going up, uh, going down a tower. I forgot. Yeah. I think it's a 70 foot tower, um, repelling, you know, so we got to do some pretty cool things there that I never thought right. that I would do anywhere else, you know? Is what was it the hardest no. part for you? Is like running most of it? You know, the physical, the physical stuff you get used to. Your body builds up to it and everything, but it's the mental games that they play with you. They used to play this stupid game. Everybody breaks in boot camp. I don't care what anybody tells you. Everybody breaks and everybody cries. Yeah, I could imagine that. The first two weeks, they say, are the hardest because it's all mental. You're not used to getting yelled at and doing things, you know, when they tell you to do it. So the first two weeks, you hear everybody crying in their bed. Right. It's, it's just going to happen. At night? At night, you hear the sniffles. You know, everybody's trying to act yeah. hard. But for those two weeks, I guarantee you, everybody you cries. You think every single person. So I don't know how much I believe this. Uh, what was that movie? American Sniper? Chris Kyle? Well, what, which, which part about it? <laughs> uh, if I read his book. And in his book, he's Great like, book. yeah, it's a good book. But didn't, he never talked about breaking. He was like, I'm a tough guy. Well, that, it's, yeah. it's different at that for, point because they go through naval boot camp. Navy boot camp, but and then the SEAL SEALs are different. Camp, I feel like it's fine. At this point, you already know what you're getting yourself yeah, into. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good well, point. Here we are. Yeah, we're a bunch of 17, yeah. 18, 19-year-old kids. That's a good point. All that right. have never yeah. experienced anything Yeah, I guess like he this. skipped the whole Navy boot camp in the book. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So you're in boot camp now. So it's, it's more mental than anything. They used to play this game, touch the line, and touch the wall. And it's maybe 10 steps to, to, from the line to the wall. Right. And you, they, you know, they start yelling at you. You got, you know, two seconds to get to the line, get to the wall, and you just mentally break. You're just, I'm done. I've had enough. And that's when they know they'll start rebuilding you to, yeah. to be, a, you know, at a, at a better marine, man. Right. All right. So boot camp lasts how long? It's three months. Three months. Jesus Christ. I went into boot camp weighing one seventy five. When, when's Hell Week? Hell Week usually comes towards the end of it. And what was that like for the Marines? So it's called it's called um, the Crucible. It's a I think I want to say it's a seventy two hour evolution with uh I forgot how much we actually hump at that time with very minimal sleep, very minimal food. Okay. And you're just doing constant war games and things like that. You when, said when you were one seventy five when you went in. Yeah, I was one seventy five went in, and uh, I left one thirty. God one. damn. Yeah. It's not healthy, no. No, not at all, man. I so one thirty out of shape. One no, man. I was in the best shape of my life. Dude. I was running three <laughs> miles in twenty one minutes. Oh yeah, so you, they just turn you into a machine. Yeah, physically, uh, like physically, it's it's ridiculous what they could do to you for three months. Yeah, yeah. I could, dude. You just become a machine. Like it's just a killing machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. While you're in the process of becoming a killing machine. Did All you right. say you're still in the Marines now or no? No, I'm out. Oh. I did nine years and I got out. So were you were you like fighting in any? Yeah, that's what I was gonna get. So what was yeah. so after the boot camp? So after boot camp, you go to a basic Marine combat course. It just te- it teaches you how to become a basic rifleman. Okay. So our core believes that you know in order to be a Marine, every Marine is a basic rifleman. So I could take a guy that does logistics or or paperwork. And put them on the front lines, and they should be able to operate as a grunt. Okay. So we go to that, and that's—I forgot how long that goes. 
And then you go through schooling, depending on what job you got and how well you scored on your ASVAB. Yeah, so what happened with that shit? <laughs> so I get there, and uh, I, I make it through Marine combat training, and they tell me, hey, you're going to go to Pensacola, Florida. At nice. this point, I'm jazzed. I'm like, Pensacola? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Let's go. Little did I know, it was probably the second toughest school the Marine Corps has to offer. I didn't want to go to school. I got right. out because I didn't want, yeah, you know, yeah. I joined because I didn't want to go to school anymore. And here I am stuck doing physics, you know, college level. All the engineering. Yeah, shit. I'm like, Jesus, this is, this is ridiculous. So what do they teach you? Like fucking airplane maintenance? or like... So it, not so much. That's the second school I went to. Okay. This is more component level. Um, what goes with Component where? level theories, theories of electronics and things ah, like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Huh. So that lasted for seven months. At the end, everything's a competition at this point now. Yeah. The higher you score on amongst your peers is you get to decide where you want to go depending on what's available i ended up choosing uh, a ch46 had no idea what a ch46 yeah, was, was. Say, what the fuck is that the only thing i knew is that the next available position was in japan so i knew i wanted to go away that's why i joined so i i picked the ch46 thing no like for the next three months i had no idea what that was <laughs> wait so this is taking you to japan or is that's all you knew was it goes. Yeah, there. that that's yeah. all I knew was that I, I wanted to go to Japan. This place was gonna this plane was gonna take me there. I'm in. <laughs> all right, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. So how was Japan? From Florida, we go to North Carolina for another school, and this is when you get introduced to the plane. Okay. And this is where you start <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. the maintenance level. So you learn how to change components. You know what each component does. You get a basic understanding of all the systems. All right. That then I go to Japan. Okay. So after that. Uh, I think the school was three months, and I got sent over to Japan. All right, you know, I get there, and I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, it looks, you know, it looks pretty normal. They stick us on this bus. What part of Japan? Okinawa. Okay. Oh, so you're just <laughs> part where you're like, fuck you. At this point, no <laughs> idea where, where Okinawa is. No, Okinawa only... is not. No, I'm retarded. I thought Okinawa is one of the ones they bombed. No, that's Nagasaki no. or Hiroshima. Yeah, they all sound alike. Where you know Okinawa from is if you watch the Karate Kid. Yep. That's where Mr. Miyagi was. From. <laughs> All right. Sounded familiar. Yeah. Right. So I, I get to Japan and, and did you look for Mr. Miyagi? We did. We did. Me and my roommate <laughs> went and looked for Mr. Miyagi. Should have literally picked up the Japan like yellow pages like Mr. Miyagi. We jumped in in a taxi and we made this dude. We, mind you, we're drunk at the time too. <laughs> we drive around the island. The island's only. Seven miles long, two miles wide, three miles wide, I want to say. It's not a big island, but we, we ran up a good $100 tab on the it's taxi. It's the island of Okinawa? Yeah, it's just Okinawa. All right. So Japan, yeah, Japan does have a bunch of islands. All right. All right, so your first, is it like your first? That's my first duty station. Okay. I get there, and everybody's looking at me like, what are you doing here? We're, we're leaving for the boat in two days. We're going on a ship. And not coming home for the next, I want to say that deployment was two, two or three months. Right. So I get there and they're like, hey, go stay in this room. They throw me in with the, with the guys I've never met. No idea who they are. So you went with no one that you knew. No, like, I had no, no one idea. else you like trained with, went through boot camp with. None of them came with you. No, I had two guys that I knew um, while we were training in school together. Yeah. But they had already been there for a month and a okay. half right. before I got there. Yeah. But they didn't stick me in that room. So I get there and I'm sitting on on the rooms the way the rooms are set up it's a three man room but it's big enough to put a couch. So I'm sitting there on the couch waiting for these guys to get back. 
I don't know anybody. They told me not to unpack any of my stuff because we were leaving. I don't have any of my other stuff because I haven't gone and picked it up from from supplies. So I don't have any of my military gear. Yeah. And these two dudes walk in. Both guys are from Texas. <laughs> and one's a massive human being at, at, at this point. And the other one's a, sh- a shorter guy. He's like, oh, man, you're the new guy. I can't believe they stuck you in our room. You know, this is bullshit. You're going to have to sleep on the couch. I'm like, fuck. All right, dude. I'm sorry. You know, I didn't, I didn't mean to mess up your flow here. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so this is people you never met. What was that? This is people you never met. Never met, man. Um, huh. And they're coming from, they're not coming from North Carolina, are they? They, they went through the North Carolina training. Yeah. But I don't know them. I don't know their names. Okay. You know, I've never Does met these everyone guys come before. from North Carolina? Like, no matter what, like, say you're fucking in Cali, you're like, I want to join the Marines. You're going to North Carolina? No. So, what happens is the they divide the U.S. by the Mississippi. So, if you're in the west of the Mississippi, you go to boot camp in California. If you're on the right of the Mississippi, then you go to, to North Carolina. You go to Paris Island, South Carolina. That's not fair. It's, listen, man. <laughs> I'm like, yo, take me to Cali right now. <laughs> well, the way the Cali Depot is set up is that they're right next to the airport. So okay. these guys that are going to boot camp literally are watching planes take off yeah, yeah, yeah. as they're doing their exercises. And that to me, that's that's horrific, man. Yeah? Yeah. Like a taking off for war and shit? No, taking off to go home. It's the International Airport. It's the San Diego International Airport that's right next to oh, the okay, depot. okay. So these guys are watching yeah, people just take you. off. Yeah, and you're like, let me get on that fucking plane. Yeah, and you're sitting there getting <laughs> yelled at because you didn't put your socks on quick All enough, right. you know? So you're from, you go from North Carolina to Japan. You've got two Texas roommates now. We'll throw you on the couch. Yep. And this is your first like introduction to like first introduction to these guys, man. To like duty, basically. Yep. Right. There it is. And all right, so you get to your couch, whatever. That day's over, right? That day's over. Yeah. Nothing else happens. No, no. I, I actually we went to a party that night. All right. Uh, at the bowling alley, one of the guys was leaving. Still don't know anybody. Everybody's cool though. Yeah. You know, they come up, they introduce themselves. I introduce. They ask you the the question. Do you drink? I go, no, absolutely not. I'm underage. And they all give you the look like, yeah, okay, dude. You don't got to play this game with us. So they throw me a beer and we start drinking a little bit. And one of the guys there, his name is is Fulton. He goes, I'm going to do you a solid. I'm going to take you out tonight. I said, absolutely, let's go. (laughs) First time I get to actually see the island. Yep. You know, so we go, he goes, we go to our boss and he's like, hey, we're going to take him out. He goes, Fulton, if you lose... These two guys, I'm going to kill you. Do not lose them. Bring them home safely. Right. At this point, I'm like, yo, dude, where are we going that <laughs> this guy, that our boss has to tell this guy not to lose us? So we go out. We hit a couple of bars. We end up falling asleep at a bar. Okay. You could say the bars stay open until you stop paying. Really? Like, yeah. even if there's three people left in the bar? Three people in the bar, man, they're, they're keeping it open. They know what they're doing there. Yeah, they do, man. <laughs> Six right. o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I wake up, and I'm like, oh, Fulton, I think we lost Nick Sherry. He goes, what? So we're looking around. Can't find him. We start walking outside, and there, there he is, walking up and down the street, trying to remember what bar we were in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so first day's over. You found out they're leaving for deployment. Yep. They're leaving for deployment where? We were going 
Oh, so you have to go with them. Yeah, I'm going with them. Oh, I, oh, so you don't even get the fucking like. Nope. You get to do none of the shit you're supposed to be doing. No, so my it, first, my first year in in Okinawa, my first year with that with that unit, I might have spent three months on island. The rest of the time was spent on the boat. Jesus Christ. Floating around. Might as well join the navy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you get there thinking you're about to like learn really what the fuck to do mm-hmm. and then what you do learn is you're going to fucking deployment yep right away all right so the deployment was going where did you say um i think that one we stopped in australia oh that's pretty we cool. went to on a boat you got on a boat and went all the way to eh, I guess yeah japan's not too far yeah well the thing is you can't go straight yeah they have to do something called gator squares okay so they do gator squares For all what? the way i think from what i remember is if you go straight on a naval vessel it's considered an uh, act of act of war huh. so they do squares all the way down so you just gotta waste your time so we're literally wasting <laughs> our time doing these these damn squares all the way down to australia so that's the only way to know you're not an aggressive ship i'm i have no idea that's man weird, i'm though. assuming so, so what's the deployment for then good question training i guess <laughs> i can't answer you're going that. all no the way to australia no well we stopped in different places okay. we stopped in i think uh it was Australia and Singapore were those were the first ports I really hit. I feel like if you're going to deployment, you should just be able to go straight. And then when you're going back, that's when you should be doing your little squares. When we deployed to Iraq, we took a ship and we went straight. Yeah. But okay. everything else, when did, we were what still year doing did you squares. deploy to Iraq? Uh, we went from in, this from what we're at now to Iraq. How long? I went oh four oh five, so about 13, 13 years ago. Oh, I mean, like, from where we're at at the story. Oh, so that was a couple... Man, I was in Japan for five years. I spent oh, my whole so you were first enlistment. Fi- yeah. So you didn't even have to touch the Iraq or Afghanistan, nothing like that. No, we did. We ended up going my my fourth year I was there. Okay. I We ended up going... To Iraq. To, to Iraq, yeah. Okay. All right, so you're in Japan. You're deployed to Australia, you said. Yep. And you're just doing, like, training there, or... We um yeah so we basically what you do with the planes is you exercise them over the water everybody gets qualified all the pilots get qualified to fly over the water and different terrains and everything like that and yeah. I guess um the ground side might have done some exercises with the Australian army I'm not too sure I was just you know I was still new so no one ever told us anything right. it's just basically you'll show up to work and and do your twelve hour shift and go, and go back all right that's not terrible no it wasn't bad. Huh. All right. So let's skip forward to Iraq then. So, like, is this is this the first time you're gonna be seeing action, or? Yeah, this is the first time that that we really the war had been going on for a while yeah. now. Yep. So we were kind of one of we were the second to last unit. Yeah, from what I remember, so nine eleven happened two thousand one. Yeah. So then they attacked Iraq. No, they attacked Afghanistan right away. Iraq. Was it Iraq? I think it was Iraq first. I thought it was Afghanistan, too. Yeah. It might have been. I don't know. Because Iraq wouldn't make sense until... It just wouldn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> None of it makes sense. It, it shows you how much I remember yeah. from, from that time. No, man. you might it, might... it might have been Iraq. Now that I'm, like, thinking about it. Um, I think it was, man. Because I knew the Bushes loved to attack Iraq. So. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it was because I remember watching... I was still in school in Florida when he said... No, you might be right. We're going what to Iraq. What year did they get... Uh, Saddam. I don't remember. Well, man. they started off going for Bin Laden. Yeah. And they thought they didn't was... get Bin Laden until 
Yeah, we kind of put a pause on on, yeah. on Bin Laden for but a while. We Bush were concentrating got, on yeah, Saddam. Bush got Saddam. I'm trying to remember what year that was. All right, so you're going to Iraq. Is Saddam still there? That's a good way to figure this That's out. That's a great question. <laughs> no. No? All right. So I want to say no because we were looking. You know Let me look this up. We were looking for Zarqawi at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me do a quick Google here. <laughs> we got a fact check. What this. year did U.S. catch? Is it catching? Like, mm-hmm. yo, do you Capture. Remember? Yeah, that's true. Capture. <laughs> he was in a hole, right? Um, yeah. Do you remember that? Though? I remember waking up and watching him be hung. Like, that was just something they showed what? on TV. I didn't yeah. see that. You didn't see that? No. Dude, I remember waking up. I forgot. If it was my parents who woke me up, but like you just see him with the fucking bag over his face, and then how can they show that on TV? Two thousand three, yeah. So we were there r- almost right after. Yeah, December thirteenth, two thousand three. Yeah, so we were there a year later. Wow. Yeah. So you just missed the boat on Saddam. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're walking into hell then. Yeah, it well, got insane after that. So we were there for... You're um, walking into after shit really hit the fan. We were there for the second attack on Fallujah, the second yep. battle of Fallujah. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, so let's, let's, get, let's lead up to this. So you're going to Iraq now from Japan? Yep. And what the fuck's going through your head? So we were excited, man. We oh, yeah. wanted, At this we, point, you're in it for like four yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, look, we do all the training we do for yeah. specifically to go to war. Yeah, you're, at this point, you're fucking ready for this shit. So imagine, it's like training jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You want to be a competitor. Yep. You want to get in on the action. Yeah. So to us, when they finally said, hey, you guys are going, they, act, they gave us the orders, we were all excited to go. And I remember taking pictures with signs, you know, Iraq or bust. Yeah. The trip to Iraq was, was where shit really hit the fan. So they put you on a ship? We were on the same ship. We were, oh, you're, on a, you're not even on a plane. You're on a ship. Nah, man. We were on, we were oh, on a ship. That's worse. Yeah. So how the fuck? Dude, that's a long travel. Huh. <laughs> We I'm went just through, trying to think how you're going to make this travel. We went through ty- two typhoons. Jesus Christ. Are you going through way. like rivers and shit? Like, how dude, are you we were they, through? I don't know, man. Like I said, dude, at this <laughs> I'm point, to, I'm just like, concerned we're getting in my head right now. Bro, we were booking it. Like You're like, you're turning around and you're, yeah, you got to cut through like some random fucking spots. Yeah. All right. So you're on the way. How long does this take the trip? The trip, I want to say, was like about a week Holy to get there. Holy shit. But you we don't, you don't go. Any stop? There's got no, there's stops. no stopping. There's man. no stops. Nah, dude, you got enough fuel going. to get there. No, we have refueling ships okay, that come yeah, that's with what us. I mean. that, yeah, yeah. Oh, that so they, they follow you. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. To get people there, you got to just go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's we, insane. We go through Fuck. these two typhoons um, and we finally get there. We're finally outside of, of Kuwait. How the fuck's the typhoons? Typhoon, man. It's, it's, it's a hurricane, bro. That was ridiculous. Like the boat was rocking. Everything was everywhere. Everything was there. You had to tie everything down. They put you to work? No, not us. That That's all the Navy's responsibility at that point. Oh, so you're in a Navy ship? Yeah, it's a naval vessel we go on. Oh, the right. Marines are part of it. They're the department of the Navy. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right. So go on then. So now they say, hey, we're there. Pack a bag enough. Pack pack a, a book bag. Right. And for with enough clothes, we're only going to be in Kuwait to do some training. Should take about a week. We'll get we'll get back on, come and pick up the rest of your gear, and then we're flying into Iraq. We're fly, flying into Al Assad. Week passes by. We're What's the training? Like just get used desert to the, training. Yeah. yeah, so it gets right. used to the pilots and the crew yeah. landing in the, in these desert With environments. This dust and all that yeah. shit. Yeah. So we're 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 there. A week passes by. Nothing, man. We're still in Kuwait. Two weeks pass by. We're still in Kuwait. 
three weeks, a month passes, and we're still in Kuwait. Yeah. Finally, they're like, all right, you guys are going in. Cool, man. We launch all the planes. We have 12 aircraft. You're training this entire time, though? Yeah, the whole time we're training. At night, during the day. Does it get tense? Or, like, everyone, like, after the first week goes by, is everyone like, what the fuck's going on? So. Or did they fill you in? So you you fall into the sense of um, complacency when you're there. The planes leave. They come back. Everybody's fine. The planes are okay. And you go on to the next round. Yeah. Plane leaves, comes back. Everything's okay. Are you seeing people leaving at this point? Like, you're seeing people go? What do you mean? Like from Kuwait, are you seeing any troop? Like yeah, the rest of the troop, everybody yeah. around us is leaving, and we're still stuck there. We're like, yo, when's our turn? You know yeah. what I mean? Any of them ever come back? Tagusin, we didn't see anybody leaving uh, on the way out. We just saw people going in in country okay. into Iraq. All right. All right. So finally, we get there, and they set us up in these magnificent tents, <laughs> these big circus style tents, man. Yeah. No AC, no heat. It was just a miserable existence for the next seven months of of just being there and, and living. You live in a tent, man. And you landed, what town is this in? Uh, Al-Assad okay. was the name of the airfield we were in. I feel in. like I heard of that one. All right. Yeah, it's, it was one of the biggest airfields yeah. they had out there. All right. So that's where your base is. Yep. Do you, so you're flying in? I didn't, I didn't fly. I did fly into country. Everybody else... Uh, rode in some some different way i don't know i was one of the first i got lucky enough to be one of the first maintainers you're taking one of those like i'm imagining like the fucking movie all i know is the movies dude Mm. so are you like in those fucking what the fuck are those uh planes cargo planes i guess that's what it was we flew in a c-130 okay yeah so the c-130 comes in it lands we all load up and we fly into al-assad now they do something called a, a combat landing. Do you see shit in the air? No, you're, you're not seeing anything, nothing? man. No. no, it's like flying in a regular right. in a regular plane. Yeah. So the 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 combat landing, he starts off at a certain altitude and he just starts spiraling down. Jesus Christ! Until he out. hits his landing. Yeah, everybody's freaking out at this point. They're like, what the hell? Are is we going, going down? On? Or? <laughs> we finally we land. Um, we don't have any any cots. We don't have anything. It's just. Right. Our same ten days worth of clothes. At this point, all you guys are boys. I'm guessing, though. Yeah, like, no, we're just, all friends. Yeah. yeah, we've been together for Forever. for years yeah. now. And it, and Okinawa is a different a different animal in the sense that when you're in the states and you're stationed here, you go home to your family, you go home to your outside friends, you hang out with other people yep. than your unit. In Japan, all we had was each other. Yeah. So you become this whole family yeah, so unit. You're literally brothers. Yeah. At this point. I knew everything about everybody. Yeah. They knew everything about me, and we were just one big family. Yep. So we get there, and we do we do our our deployment. You know, uh, saw a lot of mortars. Okay. We're there. Well, that, that was probably the first time we got mortared. I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea what. So was when's going the on. first day you saw action? I didn't. I didn't see action. I stayed oh, on no? base. No, I was. Oh, you're the fucking. I was. I was maintenance on yeah, the planes. Yep. So the guys that were going out. Uh, I remember a particular story. Uh, it was the first time they picked up an angel. So an angel was either, you know, one of the service members that had passed away okay. on the field. So he's like, he comes back. And this dude, one of the, the funniest, happiest guys, you know, even when, when shit was bad, when things you, you think things couldn't get any worse, he was always there to make light of the situation, yeah. to make things a little bit more tolerable. And he comes back, man, he's pale white. And, you know, he explains to our boss, hey, this is what happened. You know, this is what we saw. 
And you could just tell it was just a different individual at that yeah. point. Uh, I got lucky. I got selected to go. I got picked to do um, to go to a forward operating base called Korean Village. So it's way down on, out in the outskirts. And it was four planes. And we had a couple of maintainers with us. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm messing with my boy. I'm like, hey, man, put this rock in your mouth. I want to see you swallow a rock. Dude, you got to find something to entertain yeah. you while you're there. Dude, I'm not going to swallow a rock. I'm like, come on, man. Swallow a rock. He's like, no, no, no. And we get mortared. Jumps off the plane. We start running. And he starts yelling at me. I can't believe it, dude. You're such a dick. I'm like, what, what happened? I swallowed the fucking rock. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You got... So this is... You're at... Where are you at? This you're is not at a Korea. base, are you? Yeah, this is, a, this is still And you're getting base. mortared there? Holy yeah. Fuck. All right. Dude, we got mortared. They get mortared... Everywhere? Everywhere and anywhere, man. They have people inside... Telling you exactly where things are, telling them exactly where things were at. Oh, really? Yeah, man. They, they had people inside? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I didn't know it was like that. I didn't know they could fucking sneak on in there. Dude, they were going in as regular, because you had a lot of a lot of the people that worked in the I was about to village. say, they got civilians and shit, right? Yeah, that, yeah. that did our laundry, that yeah. worked in the in the mess hall. So you got, do they question these guys, or do they just fucking let I don't, them do I the don't shit? know the, the vetting process know? that goes behind yeah, it. No, I, I have wondering. no idea. Damn. I'm assuming so. I mean, what the fuck can you really vet there? Nothing. Like, what do you, yo, do you live here? Yeah. Are you yeah. a terrorist? No. Okay. You're right. Like, what else are you going to really do at that point? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's terrifying. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you get mortared. Yeah, man. We got mortared a couple of times. The first time was really scary, man. Because you hear, it's a distinct whistle. So, you, you know, in the 4th of July, you let yeah. off your fireworks. You hear that whistling sound. That's the same shit. Before it goes off. That's the exact same noise it I makes. I can see man. where the PTSD comes the bomb. Yeah. Yeah, I can see where that PTSD comes then. Man, it was one of the scary. I remember just being frozen in bed, and, and my boy. How close were you to it? It was close, man. That thing landed like seventy-five yards away. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mind man. you, we're in a tent. We're not even in a building. Yeah. Like this thing could have What's the blast radius? Oh, I don't know, man. Well, not far enough that you weren't there. Not far least, enough, yeah. thank God, that we didn't get hit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so that's your first, like action, like action, action right there. Yeah. And it and happened a couple more times, man. We'd just be sitting, and you get used to it. It's it's insane to say, you get used to yeah. having mortars lobbed into where you're sleeping or where you're eating, where you're working, and it just became a daily routine, man. What was that the craziest shit? Yeah. Like, did your base ever like? What's the fucking craziest day? Like when your base was like under attack. So we were leaving. If you can talk about it. We were leaving <laughs> at I, th- I want to say like let's say we were leaving at three o'clock, four o'clock was the time we were out of. We we're supposed to be starting to fly out of country. 12 o'clock, they decided to start mortaring, and they hit the refueling stations. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, the mortars hit, fueling stations start blowing up, and everybody was like, yo, dude, we're, we're out of here. We, we brought everybody home. Let's get the hell out of here before something really happens. Right. The planes took off, and we left shortly thereafter. Damn. So it was going to be nuts if you guys stuck around. Fuck, dude. Yeah, man. You saw some shit. So that was the craziest shit you saw, though? Like Iraq? Uh, Iraq was, yeah, man. I mean, it was, it was pretty intense. We had, uh, we, how we, long were you there? We were there for a good seven months, man. So you're there. So you're there for, hold on. All right. So you get to Japan. You're there for four years. Yeah. You go to Iraq. Have you been home at any point? You come home. The first year you don't come home. Okay. The second year, every year after you could come, you, you have an option. If you stay in Iraq, if you stay in Okinawa, they'll give you 30 days free vacation. 
So what everybody takes the 30 days free vacation. So you accrue days like yeah. a regular job while you're in. Every month is two and a half days of, of vacation time. Okay. When you do this, when you go to sign up again, because you have the option of leaving Japan after a year. Once your year is done, you sign another contract to stay there. But they give you incentives. You can either take a certain amount of money. You could take 15 days of vacation and a certain amount of money. Or you could take 30 days with no money. Right. I always took 30 days, no money. Yeah. So I, would, I came home like two or two times. In four years? Two times in four years. Yeah, just about. For how long? 30 days for a month. God damn, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. All right. So what do we have? Four, five years, let's say? Yeah. At this point. And you leave Iraq, go back to Japan? We leave Iraq, we go back to Japan. Everyone's still around? Everybody's still here. That's good. Thank God we All brought right, everybody yeah. back. But that that's where, this is where the shit really starts so to So at happen. this point, do you feel yourself changing? I didn't I didn't notice myself changing. You don't notice it. I don't notice it. Okay. And you don't notice your your Yeah, cuz everyone's going through this. Your brothers shit. around yeah. changing. But what you do notice is the amount of of shit that starts happening. So we come home and they they give you when you're on the ship, you get briefings on how to return to a daily normal life. Yeah. Basically, they tell you, you know, when you come home, if you're married, you have to it's like starting to date again. Things have changed. You yeah. haven't been around, you haven't been really calling. You don't beat your wife. Don't beat your girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need help, come come get help and everything like that. And I remember going through these classes, and they they at this point PTSD just started to come out. Okay. So I'm sitting in this class and I fall asleep. Out. Right. The guy comes by, wakes me up. He's like, "Hey, man, you're alright." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired." You're really not sleeping because your schedule has changed so much. And not only that, we were killing a case of Red Bull a night. In between a couple of guys, like four or five guys. That's yeah, not good for you. No, definitely not, man. Definitely Jesus not. Christ. So as we're getting these classes, you know, they, they tell you guys, hey, when you get back, don't fit a weekend of partying. Don't fit seven months of partying into a weekend. No one ever listens to that, man. As soon as we got in, we already had beers yeah. in the barracks waiting for us. Jesus. And that's and I think we 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 went four Four to six weeks constantly with, with alcohol-related incidents yeah. in, in our barracks. Thank God they were all cool enough to be like, yo, you know, you guys just got back. We understand. Yeah, type, yeah, yeah. type deal. That's insane. All right. So you're back in Japan. Do you see – do you get deployed again? Like what do you got? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. You got four years left now. Well, you don't know. You got four years left, but – No, yeah. I had, I had yeah. no idea. So, so there's four years left that you have. So I come, I come back – I do my last year, and then that's when you really have to make the decision whether you're going to stay in or you're going to get out. So I sign up for – I wanted to become a drill instructor. Yeah. So I go and I see my sergeant major. This this guy was phenomenal, man. Um, tech from – I want to say he was from – he was from the south but had a thick Cuban accent, man. And he was just – You talking Joey Diaz? Just – dude, you're, you're typical <laughs> – I mean, you picture John Wayne – and this guy was John Wayne on steroids. Oh, yeah? You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the guy was phenomenal. So he looks at my stuff. And he's like, yo, uh, no. You, <laughs> you, you got into some trouble, and they're not going to allow you what to go What was the on. trouble? So part of the Partying? four to six weeks yeah. of people getting in trouble, me and my friend got in, into trouble out in town. Gotcha. We go out, and we get jumped. The, the MPs come out. 
they didn't have enough room for the other guy, so they took me and my buddy in. Yeah. So everything gets hashed out, but he's like, dude, that's on your record. You can't. Yeah, how is it like living in Japan? Are you fucking guys going nuts at the bars or? Um, like do fights happen regularly? Yeah, man. Fights happen all the time. You yeah. knew there were certain bars that you were not walking into. I mean, you got a target on your back. You walk into a bar. Being part, well, the racism there is, is ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I mean. They have places where you are not, as an American, you're not walking into. Yeah. They'll straight tell you, absolutely you, you not. Nuke those guys. But <laughs> <laughs> they still hold some resentment like, to that. Of course, dude. Um, the fact that nothing ever really happened after we nuked them. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be problems. People are going to hate us. But uh, you know what? I mean, uh, most of the Okinawans there were, were pretty cool because at that point, it was the newer generation that was taking over yeah. the bar scene and everything. But what I'm saying is we had a, we had a sister unit, um, 262, and they had their own bar. 265, my really? unit, yeah, That's we had cool. our own bar. And by the own bar, it's like the locals ran it, but That's it was our bar. Yeah, yeah. You know you know better than to walk into that bar. Yep. So there was bars that we couldn't walk into, and sometimes you know it carried over. It spilled over. There was a, a unit that lived in the same barracks that we did. There was constant fights. But it's just one of those things where boys will be boys. You know what I mean? So what happens if locals walk into these bars? They, they're good. They're good? The locals get locals the pass. Are fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, t- you're telling me other military people can't be partying with you guys. Nope. That's insane. We were banned off the, off the Air Force Air Station for a long time. Jesus Christ. They just didn't want us there, man. They were like, absolutely not. You guys are nothing but trouble. But you guys go to war. It's fucking bullshit all inside. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's fucking sick. We're allowed to fight each other, but nobody else can step yeah, in course, and mess dude. with anybody yeah, else. It's, yeah, it's like a brotherhood. All right, that's crazy. So you get deployed in Iraq or anything again? Or are you done? No, I was done. I was done at that point. So now yeah. I made the decision. I told my sergeant major, "Look, I really want to be a drill instructor." He goes, "Absolutely not." Wait, you're telling me drill instructors never partied and shit, never got into trouble? I, I listen. I mean, that's what I'm assuming I, from this story. I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm assuming you had to have I a clean record. That. And from the guys that I knew that became drill instructors, they had clean records. They had never gone into any type of that's trouble. Sick. They gotta be insane. So yeah, dude, that whole process of becoming a drill instructor is something. What was Jacko? Jacko was a Navy SEAL. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he goes, absolutely not. You got to pick something else. So what? My brilliant idea. Let me go to this advanced avionics course. It's back in Florida. I'll be. I'll, I'll get promoted. So now I'm a sergeant. This is year nine. This is year five. Year five. Okay. Okay. So now I'm like, okay, let me go to Pensacola. I'll, I'll redo everything again. It can't be that hard. Bullshit, man. It was a year, and the first first couple of months of it, the first four months, is nothing but legit college courses. They brought professors in from the local um, community college, and they were the one teaching the classes. Yeah. The last test you take is a physics test where you have one civilian instructor, a professor, and one military instructor sitting there with you helping you take that test and people still fail it hmm, i failed insane. that test damn you're 23 at this point now yeah i'm I'm really young at this yeah. point so i failed this test and they run it through the machine and the instructor was like hey man the machine's telling us you passed but it's clearly <laughs> you failed don't even worry about it you graduated to the next phase yeah. so we go into into the military phase all right cool when you do a school like that you have you owe the Marine Corps three years of service at whatever base they're going to send you to. And that's when I get sent to California. Okay. 
So I get to it's a so reserve you did do unit. Cali. Yeah, I did. Right. It's not California, San Diego. Yeah, what are you gonna do? It was uh, Lancaster, Palmdale. Where's that? Where's that? North, south? It's in the middle, right smack in the middle. Okay. Three hours to San Diego, three hours to Vegas. All right. And it was. Dude, that could have perks. It was it was miserable, man. <laughs> was it? It was three. You're there for three years in it. So you're desert. stuck there. I'm you're, stuck, man. I'm not going anywhere. You can't even go home. Well, yeah, you could go all home, right, right. but you're stuck in the sense that you're not deploying because there's a reservist unit, um, and you have to train these guys that are only there one week in a month, and the rest of the time you're, you're in charge. Training of, people? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane, man. So you guys are just reserves at this point. I'm still active duty, but it's a reserve unit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like you guys aren't doing shit for like. Oh no, these guys decided to train. They they were they wanted to be the top notch elite unit of the reserve of the reserves. <laughs> it's like we're when not we going there, anywhere, guys. man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Still, what are you gonna do? Fuck. How long the kids you training? Are they all just like new? No, they were guys that have been in there for a while, but they don't know enough on the plane. So the way the aviation unit works. It's not what rank you are. It's how much you know of the plane. Have they ever been deployed, the ones you were training? Some of them have. Some of them haven't. All right. All right. So when you talk to someone, one of my best friends actually was deployed to Iraq. Okay. And, you know, greatest guy I can know, uh, knew the plane inside and out and everything like that. And then I, I met another guy that never deployed, but he was, he was man, I'll tell you what. I, at one point, we developed our own language of series of whistles. <laughs> And he would understand what I'm whistling to him, and he would go do That's it. That's funny. Yeah. So it was a good time, man. Yeah. All right. So you got three years of that. Like, nothing really crazy happens. No, nothing crazy. We ended up doing um, uh, Partnerships of America is where you go down to Peru. Yeah. And uh, we train with all the South American countries. Yeah. So that was pretty cool at, yeah, at that. That's pretty cool. Came home, and then it was time to either reenlist or to get out. You're out. And... I wanted to move. I wanted to stay in. I was I was already committed. I had nine years in. Yeah. What's another eleven? And I'll, I'm done. I'm retired at at thirty something. Yeah. And I have nothing to worry about for the rest of my life. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to uh to the sergeant major and the commanding officer, and these guys, man, were the biggest assholes I've ever met in my life. Like the guy was a complete douchebag. I would have the guys come over to my house. And we'd sit there and we'd party and we'd hang out. It was an atmosphere that I wanted to bring back from Japan of, of brotherhood. You know what I mean? Right. I wanted this to be a, co- a cohesive unit yeah. to where I could depend on them and they could depend on me. At this point, I've already been promoted to staff sergeant. So I was really up there already. Yeah. Um, and the guy just didn't, the sergeant major at that time, he's the senior enlisted of the unit, just didn't understand that. So he yells at me. Listen to how ironic this is. He yells at me for having one of my guys stay at, the, at my place. Instead of drinking and driving and going home. You can't do that. This is ridiculous. You're not allowed to do that. I'm like, so you would rather me let him drive home drunk so he could get in trouble and then come in here and tell you that he was drinking with me and I'm responsible for letting him drive. That's dumb. He's like, you're not allowed to have people over at your house. So when it came time for Thanksgiving, I invited everybody that was in the barracks into my house to come eat because I don't, I don't, to me, man, it doesn't matter. Like, these guys are my brothers, my sisters. I want them to come and feel like at least they're at home if they're not able to go home. The same guy that was yelling at me calls me and says, hey, I have a Marine here that can't make it home. Can they come to your place? So on one weekend... So when you say your place... My house. I had a house on base. 
Oh, did you? That's pretty yeah. cool. Kind of like big, small, one bedroom. Two no, bedroom. it was it was a two bedroom. I mean, it was a nice <laughs> size place. You know what I mean? To where I could fit the guys to come yeah. in and, and and hang out. So, you know, one weekend he's yelling at me for having this guy stay at my place for a de- for not you know for yeah. being drunk. And the next weekend he's calling me and asking me if one of his guys could come and have dinner at my place. Yeah. So it was completely just. It, he was just completely disconnected to what really was going on. Yep. And that really just turned me off about the unit. And the commanding officer was probably one of the worst ones I've ever served under. So if you re-enlisted, that's where you would have been? If So it comes to the, I was starting to, to really start looking at my career and what I wanted to do. And I get in trouble again. I get caught <laughs> doing some stupidness. And they hammer me for it. Right. At this point, you can't. they can't take my rank away because I was already – in order – in order for take, to take a staff sergeant's rank, it's got to be approved by Congress. And they're not going to go through the steps for that. Yeah. So they hammer me for it. They take ha- uh, half a month's pay. And I was restricted to my house for 30 days. Meanwhile, out of everything I've done for the unit, and this is where things change in the Marine Corps. If you were always doing something and you were proving yourself to be a valuable asset, they would always take care of you. Yeah. In this situation, they just didn't give a damn. They were looking for a reason to get me in trouble that's fucked up so i said fuck it i'm out yeah i got lucky that i was friends with one of the pilots and he was leaving uh to go work as a pilot for for a contracting company that had a contract with the department of state he goes eric give me your resume i'll hand it to them the program is really new they bought all the planes at this point the marine corps was taking was selling our planes to the department of state the Marine Corps were getting upgraded. Department of State took it over. They need maintainers. They need people that know the aircraft yep. to come and work at the planes. I said, all right, cool. I threw some bullshit resume out, man. I don't even, it might've been like six lines. I <laughs> gave it to him. <laughs> make you make a resume? Yeah. But do you even know how to make a resume at that point? No, yeah. man. I didn't, know. I didn't even know what a resume that? was. <laughs> I put down that I knew the plane and this is how many years I worked for the Marine Corps. And I know I, how to do this shit. And I, you know, I, I'm leaving with an honorable discharge and that was all I wrote. Yeah. The um, Dine Corps hits me up. Hey, man, we'll offer you a contract. Uh, I think it was, the starting salary was eighty thousand. Uh, once you get overseas, it goes up more. Yeah. So they're like, nice. it's dude. I was making thirty thousand. Yeah. To do, go do the same job, eighty thousand. Yeah, I'll take it. Not a not a freaking problem. So, I get hired. I sign the contract. On my exit interview with the sergeant major, the commanding officer. Usually, the commanding officer sees everybody that's leaving. This douchebag decided not to come in that day because he knew I was going to lay into him and there's nothing he could do about it. So the sorry major takes me in. He's like, what are you going to do? You know, you're never going to make it in the real world. You're just going to be another loser that goes home. I was like, actually, I got a job with, with DynCorp. Oh, yeah, what are you going to be making? $10, $12 an hour? It's like, actually, I'm making 80000 a year plus incentives to yeah. go overseas. Shuts up. He's like, yeah, good luck. I was like, yeah, I hope to see you in the streets, man. That was the end of it, dude. I, That's what he said to you? Yeah, he said, good luck with that. I said, all right, I hope to see you in the streets. <laughs> I walked away, man, and I never looked back. Damn. So what happened with the job? So I take the, the contracting job. Hold on. Can we get a little, can we get a light? <laughs> <laughs> Joe's still struggling. He's still here, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> he just looked at you like you asked him to cross the desert, man. Oh, got it. All right. Now I can see your beautiful <laughs> face. <laughs> so you got to catch. How you doing, Joe? Joe's hurting. Struggling? It's all right. We won't take, we won't, we won't keep him too long. 
right, so you got this job going. So I take this job, man, and it's it's phenomenal. I, I meet this. <laughs> so my first impression of walking into this place. Where was this? Is this still in this is No, this is now I moved to Melbourne, Florida. Damn, you're off all the over space the place. Coast. Yeah. My first impression of walking into this job, I see this gigantic dude. Uh, it must have been six foot two, a good three twenty, wearing. Uh, what, what are the what are the, what's the, what are the shoes that they wore in? Uh, in what? Uh, in Green Street Hooligans, those boots. Uh, Doc Martens. I know what you're talking about. Doc but... Martens, dude. This guy's. Man, I had the wrong opinion of this dude. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. A, listen, I was afraid. Okay, let's be honest here, people. I was genuinely afraid for my life yeah. when I saw this guy. <laughs> Shaved head, beard, gauged ears. Like a stereotypical, like, not perfect. St- stereotypical KKK member. I'm sorry. <laughs> listen, Bam Bam, if you're going to listen to this, I apologize. You know I love you. One of my best friends in the world. But stereotypical guy that I walk into. Gotcha. Flannel shirt, cut off sleeves. This guy's... Oh, he's one of those? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I would be terrified also. <laughs> I was I was terrified. for the. I didn't talk to him. Every time we'd be in the same room, dude, I'd leave. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be in there just in case some shit went down. Because I didn't have anything hard enough to hit him with <laughs> in order to escape. Yeah. So the guy gauges his ears and he has, he kept. How big are they? He gauged them all the way up That's the first shot. It's supposed to be a gradual thing. Insane. Not with Bam Bam. He How the kept, fuck do you gauge him in one shot? Dude, I don't know, man. He got some kind of hole punch, dude. I have no idea. He, they cut it and then, it, I don't know. Ugh. Point of it is, is that he kept the, the part that of the ear that they cut off on top of his toolbox. Oh. So this is what I'm walking into, man. What the fuck? Dude? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. What was this guy's background? Same thing, Marine. Same shit. Got out, worked on the planes, and just didn't want to stop. God damn. So I'm, I'm working with them. I was in Florida for a couple months, and then I get deployed to Afghanistan. Okay. And at that point, I'm in Kabul. Yeah. yeah so yeah. when you fly in in the military, it's, a little, it's really different than when you fly in as a contractor. The contractor, they put you on a regular airline. To fly into Afghanistan. Yeah. Dude, I don't know anybody. I don't. I have no clue where I'm going. Yeah, it's got to be nuts when you step off the plane. You got to go through security and shit. I step off the plane. What security? There was no security. You just stepped off the oh, plane shit. and you walked in. So there it is. I'm in baggage claim and I'm standing there. The only American. So they do have baggage claim. Yeah, they do. <laughs> is it just like. I won't Dude, say it. It's a little conveyor belt. <laughs> I was going to say it's just like a few donkeys walking. It's a little around. conveyor belt. There were chickens outside on the. On the baggage claim, shit was crazy. I'm just picturing like they just put a fuck, they put bags just on the back of camels. Like, all right, dude, walk around. It was nuts, man. My first experience in Afghanistan was terrifying. We get into the it's uh, a third my, third world country. Yeah, my translator picks me up. He takes me over to the the SUVs that we're in. They give me my bulletproof vest, and then they give me the brief. There's a gun here. There's a gun here. If we get attacked, there's a, the panic buttons it was there. Just some like James Bond type of shit. Yeah, these are some Blackwater type type guys that, that are driving us around. Uh, we're going to go to the base now. If anything happens, pick up, shoot, and, yeah. and keep running. So, all right. I'd I, be like, what? <laughs> dude, at this point, man, it was such a long flight. It was horrific. You haven't eaten anything. You haven't showered in a couple hours. Yeah. You know, a 13, 14-hour span. Miserable. I get to base, and this is where I get to see the guys that I was in Florida with. Cool. I get set up. And we just, you know, we're doing missions with the Department of State. We're flying around the ambassador. Uh, not till later on when we moved to Kandahar did we start doing uh, 
started working with the Interna- International Narcotics Agency, huh. uh, part of the DEA, and they were going out and doing whatever the hell they were doing yeah, what at the that fuck time. What they doing over there? Picking up the oil, fucking uh, opium? I don't know, man. I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> Listen, they gave us the schedule, and they did what they did, and they came back with the planes. As long as the planes were all right, that's all I cared about. Yeah. But it was a sweet that's setup. That's interesting. It was a sweet setup. We knew the planes left at 9, so I would get up at 5, uh, either work out, go to breakfast, make sure the planes got out on time, everything worked out, go do whatever little work I had to do. That's pretty cool. Not yeah. Lie. Other than the fact that telling you you might get shot at as you're driving to your fucking spot. Yeah, no, man. It, what, <laughs> so I'm down in Kandahar. We had two sites, Kabul and Kandahar. We're down in Kandahar, and we hear that Kabul is under a ridiculous attack. All my friends are there. All my friends that I know, all these people that, that I've made friends with, you know, they're under attack, and there's nothing the military could do. Wait, really? There's absolutely nothing they could do. There was literally a line, an imaginary line, that they could not cross to give us ammo. Holy shit. So our guys would drive up, pick up the ammo over this imaginary line, and drive in and distribute it to the what towers the that we fuck? had around. Yeah, man. And there was, dude, you would think, oh, you're in a military base. It's, it's awesome. You know, you got these great walls dividing. Dude, it was a chain link fence, like at your regular park. That's all that kept us away from yeah you know the civilian popula- population so how many uh like gunfights were there um th- that's the only big attack that, that, the that they did they would mortar us from time to time yeah. and, the, and that attack actually took out a couple of buildings hit a couple of planes yeah you're like i'm used to this shit yeah so everybody else that was there were like yeah all right let's, <laughs> let's get this party started there was times where we got mortared that we didn't even know we would slept through the night Really? Yeah. Oh, fucking suck, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say. I would just walk up to the line like, you guys suck. <laughs> oh, man. You get used to it. Like I said, you get complaints. Yeah, that's nothing that's ever crazy happens. to think about. I get used to it, dude. Yeah. How do you get used to that shit? Like, they, all right, so think about that. Dude. You get used to that. That's what the fuck they live in. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, people, I feel like that's why military people will get what the fuck they're going through way more. I mean, it's... it's I mean, they're fucking... It's insane no matter what, but they lived through that shit. As crazy as it sounds, when I was over there, life was easy. I knew what I had to do on a day-to-day basis. I've heard that from a few military people before. You know what you have to do from the day-to-day, and that's all you worry about. You're not worried about paying your bills. You're not worried about what's going on back at home. You're not worried about any of the other bullshit that, that your life consumes. You're literally just worried about what's in front of you for that day. And if you can make it to the next day... You're just that much one step ahead to getting home. So what was the interaction like like with the civilians there? Like the people were living through this fucking So we insanity. had we had this one translator everybody got really close to uh, Z. Uh, real cool guy. Talked to him on a day-to-day basis. There was actually a store ran by by an Afghani on on our base. Yeah. So we'd go in there, we'd talk to him. I forgot the guy's name. Go in there and talk to him, shoot the shit. Guy was on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook requested some some of us. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it was just a normal conversation yeah. with these guys. And from time to time, you know, you sat down and you really got to to talk to them and, and ask them, you know, what, what, why are you guys, why are they doing this? You know what I mean? And you would start to get an understanding of what was really happening from their perspective. And that's what really made you understand a little bit what their, what their side is going through. Because all you see is what you see in the media. You know yeah. what I mean? And we all know that that's one side's argument yep. and that's it 
But when you sit there talking to them, you know, they're legitimately happy that we're there and that this yeah. is that this is occurring. Yeah, they yeah. they hate the fact that they don't want to go through that shit. The yeah. shit that's going on in Syria right now, you think they want to fucking like nah, man. leave that country and be like they're being tossed out of the country, dude. Yeah. It's fucked up. The whole thing's fucked up. Oh, fucking ideologies like religions and shit. That's why I'm never into it, but But this is where this is the the main thing that that I took away from that. I was like there has to be some kind of disconnect between us and them. I, I don't I don't even like saying us and them because there is a a, a genuine disconnect in between humans nowadays. Yeah. So we get home, I get I get done with with everything. I come back after after a couple months. I come back to New York. And this is where I notice this is where everybody says, "Yo, you've you've changed." My drinking was at an all-time high. I was doing a bunch of other shit. But I was searching for some kind of connection with someone else. Yeah. Not not so much like like a girlfriend, but you look for that sense of brotherhood that you yeah. had that you know you're never going to get back. What year was this? I got home in 2013. Okay. Yeah, 2013. I was back in New York. And you're just looking for something. And you were looking for for anything, any kind of connection. But it's hard to find that because no one else knows. You know, I came home at, at 20, 27, I want to say. Okay. And I had no... That's almost 10 years of your life right there. Dude, I had no... I had 10 no, years of like the most important times. Yeah, life. I mean, all my friends were gone. All my friends that have their professionals, the lawyers, their yeah. doctors, they're doing things with their life, and I'm coming home to nothing. Now imagine, man, I had my own office, I was in charge of my own guys, I made my own schedule, yeah. and I literally come home to absolutely nothing. It's fucked. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's just a realization that you're like, what do I do now? Yeah. What so you- I I started working. My cousin got me a job at, at a chimney company, uh, doing commercial ch- chimneys out in the city. And I do that. I do that for two years, but at these two years is, is the real low point where I hit continuous drinking, uh, smoking, yeah. just that anything and everything that I could do to to try to I guess numb the pain, right? Or try to find that kind of belonging, or try to find that that missing piece that that I miss from having my guys around, yeah. having my friends, my family. You know what I mean? And that's when I joined the UFC gym. We went in there, dude. I went in there to meet Frankie Edgar and BJ Penn. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, dude. I wasn't expecting to join. I went in there. Oh, why did I go there? UFC gym. I went in there to do jiu-jitsu, to be honest. I went in there for Soka. Because uh, I knew a, my, one of my boys from school has been training at Soka's forever. And I could never fucking afford it. I'm like, dude, this is so much fucking money. UFC gym opens up. I'm like, oh, shit. Soka's running the jiu-jitsu spot. I'm like, let me go check it out. It's, what the deal I got was still a way better fucking deal. But later on, I learned <laughs> I got <Yeah>. fucked still. <laughs> I'm hearing people like, yeah, I paid 30 bucks a month. Like, what? Yeah. Like, whatever. That's the reason I went there. So you go there. Obviously, it's called the UFC gym. Like, yeah, you go there to fucking you're going to know people are coming in there. So I go in and I get I get sucked into the hype, man. Yeah. I was like, they're like, you could join the jujitsu program. Now, the Marine Corps teaches a form of jujitsu. Yep. We use our 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 blouses as keys and everything's almost the same. The same arm bar that I got taught at UFC gym is the same arm bar I got taught by the Marine Corps. The same cross collar choke. It's the same choke, yeah. same wrist lock. Everything's the same broken down in the same stats. The guy who ran it at the Marines, was he a jujitsu guy? Like, was he 
ranked not ranked but like so my under, my understanding of it was Randy Couture uh I know one of the Gracies was involved in developing the program okay. on on that type of stuff I wonder if it was the what was the names Enter and Heon. I don't I don't think they were out at that point no, no. they weren't doing it then no but I know it was I know they they really pushed for us to to excel in that yeah so I joined the UFC gym I meet Marcel yeah and you know, from from jump, dude, me and Marcel, you know, I, I connected with the guy. But he was really the first one to start. You know, I would miss a class, and he'd call. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, I'd give him a bullshit excuse. I'm out. Uh, what are you doing now? Uh, you know, I just got home from work. Put your shit on. Let's go. You know what I mean? So he was the one that kind of really first started pulling me out of, out of the drinking and all right. that other dumb shit that I was yeah. doing. That's good. And then I met you guys. Yep. Then he met us, and then that's where it all began. Yeah. <laughs> and now here we are now. Now you're back in school. Yeah, you're, man. You're where you never wanted to be. Dude, <laughs> it, it, no matter what I did to try to avoid school, I end up back in the same place. Do you ever think, like, I should have just done this to no, begin with? To be honest with you, man. I, but I, you would have never been the person you are. I knew I wasn't ready. There was no way that I was going to go to school and sit through a class and listen to some dude tell me about life. Yeah. And that's what took me two years. Because it, it took two years for me to go back. I was like, what the fuck is this guy going to teach me about life? Yeah. Look at my experience. And I'm glad I went to... Dude, I, I literally applied to St. John's because I was so fed up with work. So what made you do that? I was fed up with work. Oh, <laughs> I was sitting there. Dude, it was, it was July. I was welding in this disgusting heat. I have... You know, I'm completely fully dressed in long sleeves. I have a hood on. I'm sweating my balls off. When did you stop working compared to when we started training? I was still working while we were training. Until what point? Because I know you stopped at one point, dude. Two years. Two you were years. doing school straight up. At one, well, uh, oh, no. It took me six months, man. When were you doing school straight up? I started in 2015. It's August 2015. We were still in UFC? We were just starting to leave. That was where we started to leave. Holy yeah. shit, dude. We were starting to leave. It's been two years? Yeah, man. What the fuck? Yep. I've been doing this too long. <laughs> I've been doing this too long to be as shitty as I am. <laughs> like, thinking back on that, I should be like, no problem choking out white pals. <laughs> Which is not too much of a problem, but fuck, dude. You take a month off, you're done. Dude. <laughs> it's one of those things, man. <laughs> <laughs> Three years of this. Damn. Embrace the grind, I guess. Yeah, got to get back into it. Well, got back into it. So now, you know, I, I start school. My first semester went went really well. Uh, and you're doing... Uh, so my bachelor's is in Homeland Security. Yeah. Um, And I'll actually graduate. I'm taking my last three classes. I'm officially done August 8th. They throw you into an internship? Into... Do they throw you into an internship or do you got to... No, man. We go through the same... Listen, we go to the same process, all the other students. We got to apply for internships. Not really, man. The one thing I love about St. John's is the fact that they're really, really veteran friendly. Okay. So I was about to say, your background might help out in this. If if you need any kind of help uh, writing a resume, finding a job, you don't understand math, they'll find you a tutor. They'll get you writing help. They'll get you any type of support you need. Is that what made you pick St. John's? No, man. I just I figured it was close to school. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, That's a good school. Yeah. To be honest with you, the way it worked was I looked up who had who was going to pay me the most to go to school. Yeah. And St. John's just happened to be that school. 
That's good. That's a fucking legit school. Their yeah. Basketball is sick. Yeah. Damn. I mean, hopefully it gets better this year. Yeah. We got to go to a couple games. Oh, yeah. I'm down, dude. How was that <laughs> fucking Bellator? It was phenomenal, man. <laughs> it was phenomenal. I can't believe it even happened. That's insane. Box sweet Bellator. Yeah. Watch Fedor. Watch the weirdest fight ever, but still. <laughs> that Ryan Bader and Phil Davis almost put the whole crowd to sleep. Yo, I went to UFC 205 in Madison Square Garden, and apparently the card on pay-per-view was a good show but like we were there it was so fucking boring the like, car the, i didn't have the privilege of spending eight thousand dollars like toga did for ufc 205 <laughs> i did not spend eight thousand dollars so you say <laughs> last time we spoke I did you spend were still a few car payments. <laughs> <laughs> but the card wasn't that great from from what i remember on that no because i heard the steven uh steven thompson uh woodley fight was better on TV, then like, oh yeah, the first fight was awesome, dude. We were watching that. We got tired. We were like, we gotta walk around this place before we go to sleep, dude. This is <laughs> fucking awful. McGregor woke that place back up. But oh still. yeah, and you know who else was a good fight? Uh, actually, Joanna and Carolina. Yeah, that was a good fight. That fight was like, all right, these two are fucking going at it. But beyond that, dude, Frank. Well, prelims were awesome. I'll give you the that. Frankie Edgar Jose Aldo that was fight was pretty good too. That was a prelim. That was in two hundred five. That was two hundred. Oh, you're right. 205 was Frankie and Jeremy Stevens, and yeah. Frankie was like, fuck you, bro. That's right. Wow. Yeah. And that was a fight. The prelims were fucking sick. Yeah. It all ended. It all was a finish, I'm pretty sure. I was so upset over this weekend about that card. Which about Amanda oh, Nunez bro. having to pull out, man. All right. Number one, Yuan is a fucking monster. Yeah. She's the winner. I don't. Did you hear why she couldn't fight? Oh, well, she had uh, no. Do you no? Do you hear not that? Do you hear why they wouldn't allow? Why the commission wouldn't allow uh, Joanna to fight? A seventy-two hour pregnancy yeah, dude, test. What are you, That's serious? ridiculous. Just man. take a piss test. The girl's not pregnant. Let's go. CVS <laughs> is right around the corner from there, dude. Go pick one up. That girl's willing to fight someone like forty pounds every yeah. dinner, easily. Yeah. Holy shit. That that was ridiculous. That's a man. fighter right there. I think that's one of the best fighters in UFC, period. Man, girl. Yeah, hands matter. down. Absolutely. Best fucking fighter on, absolutely. on the roster. However, I do think when Claudia Gadella makes her way back for that title, she's she going to take it this time around. I think Yohanna just gets better and better, dude. It's so hard and not – it's just hard. You're not going to beat her because she could point fight. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. She will she's fucking – She's just a beast, man. Yeah, dude. She's the best there is. She could point fight and make it look good. How many? What's it? She? How many times has she defended the belt already? It's up there. All right, so let's see. She won it. She defended it against. Um, I'm gonna just name off the random people she defended against. She defended against uh, Rose. No, are they no. fighting? No, no, they're there, about she, to fight. Rose should be the next one. All right, so she defended against Carolina, Claudia Gajaya, Jessica Andrade. That's Jessica Andrade. There had to be one more. What was her first defense? Did she not fight for a while? Uh, what's her name? Uh, not Tisha Torres, the other one. Uh, I'm going to have to look this up. Carla Esparza. That was how she won. You're right. Joanna Young Jake Chef. Let's see the record. Whatever it is, I think she's going to she's gonna go, go undefeated for a while, bro. No, I really hope she breaks that. She breaks Demetrius Johnson's record of the All most right. title defenses. Oh, all right. So, she fought Carla Esparza, won the belt. Jessica Penne yeah. should beat. Valerie Letourneau should beat. Claudia Gajaya, Carolina, 
Jessica Andrade. And now she's fighting Rose, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she's going to fight Rose. Rose should be the next in line, yeah. so they say. And she'll smack Rose up. Uh-huh. And then it's on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a thug. That girl's a thug. She's a savage, man. <sighs> Beast. And then we got Habib and Ferguson hopefully coming up. Because Connor's saying he's ready to fight in December UFC. I don't know, man. Did you see the last the last Dana White interview? He was saying that Connor might not fight anymore after after Floyd. No, that's what I'm saying. The last after that there was more interviews. So after that there was an interview where Connor told Dana he'll go to fucking Russia and fight. Oh Habib. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, Connor just last night, I think, he was talking to what's his face? Oh my god. Ariel Hawani. Mm. And he said he's he'll fight in December. That they, dude's a beast, man. They need to line up a fight, uh, a fucking interim belt fight right now, then. I agree. Gotta line it up. I hope Tony Ferguson whoops that ass, though. Yeah? Yeah, man. I want I want Habib. I want that fucking, like, the Russian fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to call him, just the Russian fuck against Connor. You know, that's like the good guy versus the bad guy right there. That's Rocky. No, yeah, I get it, man. But, dude, you can't, <sighs> that's eat, gonna you can't eat tiramisu. And put it on oh, yeah. on TV yeah, but that, and you, miss weight. You know you would do the same shit. Listen, I've never <laughs> missed weight. I've come close, but I've never missed a weight. Dude, come on. He just wanted his tiramisu. Nah, dude. You're, bro, you're about to fight the biggest <laughs> nah, nah, fight. You know around, what I mean? Like, around. you're nuts. He's dumb. He's fucking retarded for that. I'm surprised because he's a wrestler. Well, he's not a wrestler. He's a sambo kid. So I'm surprised that happened. Yeah. Because I feel like he should be used to this shit at this point. He's a big fuck, dude. He's huge, man. He's massive. Listen, bro. When you start wrestling bears as a kid. That's what I'm saying. Like, what is that? That's another that's monster. A, that's a different that's an level, actual dude. savage. Yeah. Like, there you, was no need for you to wrestle that You meet that this guy bear. on the streets. He's going to eat your punch and then just <laughs> grab you and just slam your face to the ground. <laughs> like, you might die. It's ridiculous, man. Like, there's savages out there. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being a UFC fighter, bro? No. I'm good, man. I don't want like, to get even after everything you went through. No, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm perfectly fine going to school, man. Get my education. Damn. See if I could change the world somehow. Yeah, Brendan says the same shit. He's like, I never wanted to fight. Something he was good at, man. Yeah, I feel like if Brendan put his all into it, I mean, he went what five and zero at one point in the UFC. Yeah. And then he fought monsters. And he fought Travis Brown. Yeah, he's not a monster anymore. No. Like looking back on that, Brendan Shaw should be like, "Wow, I suck." <laughs> <laughs> he does. Have you heard? Have you heard one of his latest podcasts? Yeah, I've heard him. He's like, "Dude, I am. T- I was terrible." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, that's what he was. He was talking to Matt Mitrion after beating." You lose to Travis Brown, and now you look back. Like first, you lose to Travis Brown, and like leading up to that, Travis Brown was fucking people up. So you're like, "All right, the guy's a beast." And then like. Before Travis Brown lost three times, he's like, yo, he's still a monster. He still got it. He just keeps losing. Like, yo, did I ever, was I ever really good? Like, this guy beat me. Not only did he beat me, he knocked my fucking soul out of my body. Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, Connor's a savage. I'll give it to him. He's on a different level, man. I really think he's going to beat Floyd Mayweather. I'll go on record and say it. Yeah? Absolutely. God, I cannot. Like, uh, Listen, he's got four rounds to do it in. You know what? I, I'm going to say this. In my opinion... Floyd does not look like he gives a fuck. No, he doesn't. Like, watching him yesterday, there was something about him. Like, he doesn't seem like he cares about this fight. I think he's going to take it lightly. And that's why I think... That's... Before that, before yesterday, I was like, 
Floyd's got this, period. No doubt. Watch yesterday. Floyd didn't look like he gave a fuck, really. He gave a fucking phenomenal talk. I, like, I think Floyd won yesterday, no matter <laughs> fucking. Dude, he fucking shut him up, I feel like. There was a point where he literally shut him up. Like, no, the mic wasn't working. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about because Connor was still yelling at him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he got into the money. And then he shut Connor yeah, had nothing to say there. Because he's like, what are you? What did you make? Three million your last fight? He just laughs at him. Well, you know what? Like, he was sitting there saying, you know, if you want eight-ounce gloves, four-ounce gloves, we could yeah, do that, yeah. too. That was annoying. Yo, come on now. Let's be realistic here, His, dude. um, His reasoning behind it. I don't know if you watched the press conference after that when they talked to the fighters one-on-one with the media. I didn't see Floyd's. I saw Connor's. So his re- reasoning behind that is in boxing, the boxing rules – Obviously, the commission, yeah. like boxing rules, if you're fighting above 147, the gloves have to be 10 ounce. Apparently, this is what he's saying. He's the A side. Yeah, he could, he could do whatever he wants. Apparently, <laughs> but he's saying if you want to go down to 147, let's go. That's where he wins because Connor won't is not making that weight no more. I, not not now. Yeah, I think big. if they would have told him from the beginning you're nah. gonna fight at 147, I think he could have done it, man. I don't think I if Connor did that, no way he wins that fight. He's, in, he's dude. I don't put. Listen, I have bet against Conor McGregor time and time again. <laughs> All right, let me put it this way. And I have always lost. All right, so number one, that's in my head. Floyd looked like he doesn't give a fuck right now. He's gonna put the show on. He's gonna sell the fight, but it does in his. I just like something about him. He doesn't seem like he gives a fuck. Press conferences in the past, he looked like you could tell he was into the fight. He's like, yo, let's fucking go. This one, he looked like he was putting a show on, and he was just mm-hmm. saying like what he needed to say, and that's it. Cutting Connor's mic off. He had control of that whole press conference, in my opinion, period. So, number one, that. Number two, so that's why I think Connor can win. Because I think, whatever. At the same time, cut the mic off. Don't let Connor talk. You're getting in Connor's head now. And you're going to rile Connor up. Smart move by Floyd. So, they're both doing something right. Number two, Connor doesn't knock this motherfucker out in four rounds. It's over. Yeah, it's a wrap. That's it. Connor gasses. I don't care. You're the biggest Conor fan in the world. Watch every single Nate Diaz fight. This guy the gases. I don't think he's going to gas. He's going to gas, dude. He's, I don't think You know why gas. I think he's going to gas? He wants to knock him out. Do you think he's going to go ridiculously yes. hard for four rounds? Yes. He's, he knows he's not winning a decision against Floyd. No, definitely not. So he's going to be swinging at him. I mean, but do, do you see uh, how messed up is that? That you already know you are not going to win a decision no yeah. matter what. That's you could insane. beat him up. Yeah. For 12 rounds and still not win the decision. Yeah, dude. He's not winning the decision. Boxing's not going to allow that to happen. Period. As fucked up as it is. Even so, I still don't think he would win a decision against Floyd. You go past five rounds, Floyd's just going to use his fucking stamina at that point. He's just going to jab, stand- jab, The jab. guy's 40 years old and has, t- has been fine, off for dude. the past two years. He's still a boxer. He's still got that cardio. You can't take that away from him. Two how did you feel coming back after a month of jiu-jitsu? Yeah, but I'm, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for three years. This kid's been doing it since he was a fucking little baby, probably. His cardio is going to be there no matter what. We'll see. But It better be, yeah, absolutely. What? It better be. That cardio better be there, yeah. man. Because if not, listen, if Connor gets an inkling. But the thing is, Floyd knows how to keep his cardio. Connor's going to swing. He's going to hurt him. Floyd's going to clinch. Clinch, clinch. He's going to clinch him. He's going to grab his arm. You really he think hurt. he's going to clinch against... Yeah, a guy that I'm clinches about, for a daily basis. I'm talking about clinch to stop. Like you can't. Yeah, the, the refs got to pull you apart. He's gonna trap his arm. He's gonna figure out some shit. This is what he's been doing. When he gets hit hard, he clinches. He's always done that. I don't. I think that'd be a, a, a bad move, man. 
he's. I don't think you want to be in the clinch and feel that underhook that, I feel that like Connor's any, gonna have. Anytime I watch Floyd to get out of a bad like. Oh yeah, you, he we all know what he's gonna do. He would hold on to you and he'd use dirty tactics. He's a defensive fighter. He knows what he's doing. Hey, listen, if August twenty sixth, right? Yeah, we'll find out. If Connor gasses out, though, I think it's it for him. I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's this Irish All dude Floyd's is going to shock the world Floyd's, again. Listen, I want that to happen. I want <laughs> MMA to come out on top. If Connor, if Floyd plays it right, he won't do much for the first five rounds and just let Connor wear himself out. Mm-hmm. And then that's where he's going to start picking up the like pace. Like I, I'm with Shaw. Connor's going to win some rounds for the pure fact that Floyd's not going to do much for the yeah. first few rounds. And then it's gonna, and then Connor's gonna get tired. Maybe who knows? Maybe it'll prove me wrong. And that's where Floyd just starts going into work. I think the biggest disaster that could happen is if Connor gets knocked out. Which is impossible, dude. I just don't see that. His hands are done, dude. He's been on top. Of, all right, on top of him having a cardio because he's been boxing forever. His hands are shot because he's been boxing forever. He's not knocking him out. The only way he's knocking him out is if he wears him out with punches and he gets a TKO and not yeah. a knockout. I mean, dude, at this point, I don't put anything past boxing. So it's very well that Connor could be covering up if he ever gets into a corner, which I doubt he'll allow himself to. But I could see the ref stopping. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's just, like, listen, in the same way, I feel like Connor got some stops. It, it's going to be a ridiculous type. Like that Mendez stop, I don't care what anyone says. There was five seconds left on that clock, and you're going to Yeah, he, he could have held out. He could have held out. That annoyed me, but I feel like no one else agrees with me on this, but whatever. <laughs> I Mendez, like, I rewatched that even. I was like, let me see how much time he had. It was five seconds. He could have let it go. But it's Connor. That's the baby boy right there. Yep. <laughs> we'll see, man. I don't know. Yeah, we will see. August 26th. What? I wonder how the press conference went today. I don't know. I'm I got no text. Yesterday I got text. I got nothing right now. <laughs> so I guess it wasn't as crazy. I don't know, man. It was a lot of a spectacle, dude. I wasn't. I didn't. In my opinion, by London, something's going down. Oh yeah, but before they hit New York. No, by London. New York's after. Uh, London's after New York. I think London. You think London's that's Connor Town, right there? Yeah, it's gonna be Europe. You know, I was really surprised. It wasn't. There wasn't a lot of Irish fans. Uh, yesterday at yesterday's press conference. They're in LA. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too surprised. Dude, they're crazy though, man. Yeah. Dude, they took over a Las Vegas casino. They'll be in New York. Boston's coming down. Yeah. The town of Boston will be empty. <laughs> I got a couple of buddies that are Irish. I'm surprised they're not going to Boston, actually, now. They're not going to Ireland. I don't think Floyd wanted to go there and deal with that shit. Absolutely not. Aldo had to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got little kids calling you punk. <laughs> like, yo, what round are you going to knock this fucking guy out? I don't like this boxing press conference shit, though. No, I, I don't like it either, man. What is this? Give a speech? Connor was like, what am I giving a fucking speech for right now? Yeah. I, I like the way he handled it, man. I think he's going right. He's, he's doing the right things. I don't. I think he he was not on his A game yesterday. He was flustered. He was flustered. Yeah, I, th- I think was, he got flustered. He was flustered not because of what Floyd did or anything. He was flustered because they caught him off guard with the way they ran shit. Yeah, and I mean could, he said it himself. He's like, I'm not. You used could to this tell shit. when they were hand, like when he was trying to talk to his mic and it was not on. He was getting fucking. Oh, he was getting. He t- was getting heated. Yeah, and this is. Con- this is Floyd getting Connor said right there. Like you think he wasn't fucking planning that out, and then Dana goes, "Yo, here's my mic, and that mic's cut off." Yeah. Also, like because they had him switch sides. You see Floyd, that at the beginning of the press conference. Dude, Floyd's done this. He Connor knows how to get into guys' heads. Floyd knows how to get into guys' yeah. heads. How do you get into a guy's head who loves to talk and talk shit and get in your head? Don't let him talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I don't know. I've, I've haven't been this excited. That was probably the best fight. stare down though. Yeah. I love that stare down. And I love how Floyd was like, get the fuck off of me. Like, let I'm this not going to do nothing. Yeah, Dude, the guy happen. needs money. 
Guys, you know what it is? Because I don't think Connor could t- I think Connor touches Floyd during the press conferences. That's money right there. Yeah. So I know Floyd was like, just let it go. If he touches me, fuck it, payday. It's a wrap. <laughs> That's all he cares about. It, all his fucking conversations is all about money. Oh, he yeah. needs to do. He's got to pay, what, $22 million in back taxes? Yeah, but what's that $100 million check then? You're going to pay on taxes on top of that too. Yeah, once you cash that. Yep. That's it. That's so there money. goes, you know, yeah. $22 million out of that, and then you're paying taxes on that. He's paid twenty six million so far. Fuck, dude. Because he posted, it. he's like, "I paid twenty six million. How much does this fucking tax man want?" What a dick! <laughs> what a dick! Three hundred million his last. Bro, I'm not even looking. I'm not even looking for. Uh, I'll be happy with a hundred thousand. Dude, I would retire. Done. I'm good with a hundred thousand. I'm yeah. You know what? I'm I'm being greedy. I'm actually I'm not. good with fifty. Yeah. I'm good with fifty. You're good with fifty thousand. I'm good with fifty thousand dollars. For what? For how long? No, just. Just to buy a house oh. for a down payment, man. I'm good, dude. I'm not looking. I'm not trying to be greedy and end up with $100 million. It'd be nice. Listen, I'll let Floyd punch me in the face eight times and dive for $100 million. Who would I'll do it, it for $8 million. I'll do it for $1 million. Who would it? I'll do it for $1 million. No, I'm retired <laughs> for 10 years or something. I could make $1 million last, dude. I made whatever I make now last. <laughs> Like I could make I know, one right? million last so easily. Absolutely, it's not even funny. <laughs> I can make one million. Ah, you invest one million the right way, you got income. You they were got to work. They were talking about it. Uh, what's his name? Brian Callen did the math. The guy was spending something like twelve million dollars or two million dollars a month. Yeah. On what? Yeah. What are you spending? I mean, I'm sure you could find shit. But goddamn, dude. He's spending on he's spending on his jet planes, his houses, his cars. Yo, buy that shit outright. What are you doing having payments? I hope you don't have a payment on oh, it. He did buy that shit outright. That's the problem. That's the fucking problem, dude. He's got fifty million dollars worth of cars. What are you doing with fifty million dollars worth of cars? You ain't driving one of them. You bought a car lot. You bought like a Honda. You bought five Honda dealers. <laughs> You can have 80 Hondas. It's ridiculous, man. I don't get that either. I don't get... I mean, if I had money, I would buy a nice car, but that's it. I would buy one nice car. That's it. And then when I'm ready for my next nice car, I would trade that car in and get my next nice so car. So I'm just trying to get a car with AC in it. Right? My car I got this car. Right I'm so now. ecstatic about it. I'm a little jealous that you got it. It's such a nice car, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, I hope you come train, man. I'm going to try, dude. My schedule... It's all, gotta, about, it's all about school right now, man. I'm trying to finish as quick as possible. You got to at least come say what's up. No, I'll, I'll stop in from time to time. All right. It's been a while. We'll let you go. You got a message for the people? That's how we usually end. Uh, just try to st- keep an open mind with everything you hear. It's not, you know, getting into these these debates on about the news and about how the president's running the country and everything like that. You know, you got to really take into account every everything else that goes behind the scene. Yeah. You know, it's not just one person running a country it's it's it really is a collaborative effort you know and i really think that the better understanding that we have with each other as humans and as people of this world you know we can really start healing and putting aside all the differences and the problems that we're having yeah, now. dude the more people realize we're all just fucking one that's it that's it man you got any words joe <laughs> all right <laughs> Let's let Joe get some sleep. Thanks, guys, for Eric, having me. I appreciate it, man. On, Thank bro. you so much. I'm sure he's so sorry. <laughs> I'm 
I'm glad he made it. Yeah, exactly. That's all that matters. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for you, Joe. Hope you feel better. Eric, thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, man. Peace.